Welcome to Inside the OC, a podcast about the world's largest participatory sporting event, the United States Bowling Congress Open Championships. Join Matt Cannizzaro and Aaron Smith as they talk to some of the greatest names in the history of the tournament. The Eagles are ready. Let's take flight. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Inside the OC podcast. My name is Matt Kinazar, and we are here to talk Open Championships. And uh, it's going to be a fun time today. We'll have a fellow left-hander on the show. So uh, we'll get to talk about Southpaw things. And I don't even mind being the second-best lefty on the broadcast. But before we get to today's guest, let's bring in my co-host, Aaron Smith, once again. Change of scenery for you, Mr. Smith. How are things today? Uh, things are well, Matthew. I'm coming to you from the International Bowling Campus today, the Chris Schenkel uh, conference room. So that's unfortunately, well, we can do this real quick. So there's, there's Chris and Bo. You know the uh, conference room all too well, but uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, yeah, change the scenery, but uh, ready for another great show. That definitely is not going to change. And uh, another great guest on the, uh, on the horizon here. Well, it's good to see we have some uh, real commentators uh, on today's show. They're not going to say much along the way, uh, but our guest today, the left-hander, as I mentioned, had a great 2019, picked up a Team All Events title at the Open Championships uh, and did some pretty cool work there at the end of the event to lock it up, uh, a team that has had some pretty close calls over the years. And uh, I know how much it meant to them to be able to get there uh, their leader, Derek Magno, was on site as the event concluded, and uh, it was pretty awesome. And a lot of emotion there from him. And, uh, again, how much it meant to those guys uh, absolutely uh, was pretty evident. Uh, but let's bring him in now, the left-hander, TJ Mento. TJ, welcome. Thanks for joining hey, us guys. today. Yeah, Hello. thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we already uh, had a chance to catch up with you yesterday and a little bit today. Uh, learning things, uh, really, we had no idea, and that's what this show tends to be all about. Just the the pre-show stuff uh, really opens some eyes, and, and we get to see you guys on the lanes and, and see you perform and do cool things and uh, and make some magic happen. But uh, to hear the stories, you know, behind the stories, and uh, you've got some good ones. You said uh, part of your role in the group is to kind of be the record keeper of things. Uh, of course, part of the Open Championships experience is to get out and enjoy the host cities and such. Uh, we enjoyed your city, your area very much back in 2018 when we were in Syracuse. I'm sure we'll have some things to say uh, about that in our time there and some questions for you along the way. Uh, but uh, before we do get into any of the Open Championship stuff and a little bit about your bowling career, uh, let's talk about 2020 for you. It's been a wacky year for all of us. Obviously, uh, Aaron and I in different places right now. I'm at home. He's at the International Bowling Campus, and uh, we've been working remotely all this time. And now for you guys, a little bit different. Of course, the name of the team uh, that you were on at the Open Championships, Mento Produce. And it's not just a clever name uh, to come up with some <laughs> behind the scenes or some special meaning. Uh, it's a real thing. And uh, that's what you've been busy doing. Uh, tell us about that and uh, what life has been like for you in 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mento Produce is a family owned business. My great grandfather, my grandfather, my father, and my uncle. Um, they currently run it. Uh, I'm there every day helping as well. Um, they, uh, we, we haven't had any stoppage at all, really. When the pandemic hit, we, uh, it was about March 20th, I think, 
is when everything was shut down here, we we're considered essential. So we uh, continued right along. We service um, hospitals, senior living facilities, uh, uh, some other places that were still uh, essential as well. So we cut down a little bit. Um, we're open six days a week. We were open four. Um, but nothing ever really changed for us other than, you know, maybe some accounts, unfortunately, having to close uh, restaurants and that's uh, and that sort. Um, so it's been business wise, business as usual for us. Um, not as much business, obviously, but uh, not much has changed here. Not too uh, bowling wise. Good. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, bowling. <laughs> bowling wise, uh, they just uh, opened back up last Monday. So we're excited to be able to get back out. We're learning all the new uh, the rules and regulations of what we can and can't do that. Uh, uh, we haven't had all those nailed down yet. At least I haven't heard everything, but we seem to have a pretty good idea of what we're able to do. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, lineage in your family uh, for Mento Produce. How far back does that go? What was, uh, how long has uh, Mento Produce been in uh, business? Uh, that dates back to 1897. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it started um, kind of, of a horse and buggy, just like a fruit stand type deal here and there. And uh, it's gotten up to, you know, where we cover it in, all over New York State. We go into Pennsylvania. So, uh we deliver uh, produce all over. All right. Well, so you guys know a little bit about history and tradition. Of course, 1897 predates the Open Championships uh, by just a few years. We started things off in 1901. Uh, and speaking of horses, uh, your guy, Derek Magno, <laughs> is uh, is in the chat now. He's uh, he's watching from work. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So he'll, he'll keeping his eye on things and make sure you get all your stories right. So Derek, of course, uh, was the high guy. Uh, on the team in 2019 shot 300 in the team event uh, we'll talk about that in that moment and uh, and the run at the team title as well just uh, a lot of excitement there uh, but uh, again as we transition we kind of go chronologically generally uh, during this conversations and, and talk about where things really started and uh, and of course uh, where we are now uh, but for you a, a talent in the Syracuse New York area uh, again from the left side of the lane um a youth hall of famer. So you definitely have the credentials and the talent and, and you've gone on to do great things in your career. Uh, the thing that surprised me the most, I think in our conversation was that you, you kind of said that you guys are almost in your own little bubble there in upstate New York, uh, as far as bowling and competition and, and, and some success nationally uh, over the years for some of the guys. Uh, but uh, when you went to college, you went close to home, Mohawk Valley community college, and really didn't know uh, what college bowling was all about, what was happening outside of the area, which, again, uh, to be such a phenomenal talent, to go on to win Rookie of the Year collegiately, uh, but not really know what was out there. Tell us about that. That's a great story and a great start to your career. Yeah, I um, well, I met, uh, I met Derek. Jeez, we were still in junior leagues. And, you know, he was, as he is now, he was the, he was the big dog. Everybody, you know, if you were going to bowl right then, you knew who he was and all that. And um, so we got hooked up. We I couldn't even tell you how long it's been, how long I've known him for. Um, uh, Joe Conti as well. Uh, pretty much the three of us, you know, if we weren't bowling, we were somewhere together. And from that point on, we just kept, uh, Joe and I kind of followed Derek around. Wherever he was going, we were going. Uh, he eventually went to Mohawk Valley. Um when I was ready to go to college, I didn't uh, really know what I was going to do. We've got, you know, the family business here. So that was kind of my plan all along. But 
to get the opportunity to go to college, um, get a degree, and obviously be able to bowl at the same time. It was a no-brainer, especially being close to home. If something didn't work out, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. It was only a, an hour drive away. But um, when we went out there, a good uh, Joe Connie and a couple other guys around from our local high school league actually formed the, uh, the team that we had had for the two years we were there. So we all knew each other pretty much uh, when we first went out there. Um, our coach, who Derek knows as well, uh, Corey Waltz, he's really the one that got us to uh, be able to see what was really out there, you know, national-wise, collegiately. Uh, he's the reason we were able to go to Vegas, which eventually led me to Sean, uh, meeting Sean Rash. Um, he knew all about, you know, what it took to get us there. We just had to uh, be able to fundraise the money or win the, the local tournaments uh, that were around to uh, raise the money to get out there. So, um, you know, thanks to, you know, thanks to him for uh, being able to do that and knowing that knowledge. But yeah, I mean, when I was, even the tournaments at Mohawk Valley that we were, what we mostly went to were local, um, you know, I, I became an All-American. I think it was my first year, which allowed me to get a trip to the, the Team USA trials. And we didn't bowl on too many Tier 1 tournaments uh, from at Mohawk Valley. So the patterns weren't the, the toughest uh, out there. And when I went out to Team USA trials, that really uh, opened my eyes and uh, made me realize that, whatever I thought I was back home or locally out there was nothing compared to the, you know, the, the bowlers throughout the country based on what they were bowling on. And I needed to figure something out and learn quickly so I could be able to try to compete with them. Well, and one of the, the great opportunities of course, uh, with the community college route is then uh, the chance to, to move on to a, a different, a bigger school to, to finish out the education. Uh, and in your case, your bowling career, uh, I think Sean Rash is probably a, a pretty good mentor and uh, and gave you the opportunity to, to consider Wichita State. Uh, you did say, though, uh, again, that your group in the New York area, very close-knit, um, so you kind of follow each other and, and stay together. Uh, and another great, talented player, uh, Ryan Abel, we talked about, who went to Erie Community College. Uh, you guys kind of made the decision together to go to Wichita. You said without – him, you probably wouldn't have have made the jump. Uh, it's pretty pretty far distance and and pretty big move uh, for for a youngster, especially knowing that uh, that your family and the business and everything was back home. Uh, but you did it. You went there. Uh, it worked out pretty well for both you guys, both on the lanes and now for him. Uh, his life is there. His life and his wife and his family. Uh, so to talk about that, and that's a that's a pretty big decision. But you had each other. Uh, that's pretty special too. Yeah, he. Um... I knew him a little bit at the time uh, while he was at Erie Community College. Um, and then, like I said, Sean, when we were out in Vegas bowling, he uh, just approached me and said, you know, what have you thought about doing next? And I'm like, I'm really not sure. And uh, he got me hooked up with some of the people over at Wichita. Uh, same thing must have been uh, with Ryan. Him and I took a trip out there. We visited. Uh, Ryan and I got to know each other, you know, uh, even better. And yeah, both of us uh, decided to make the trip out. We were, you know, roommates the first year and made our way out there. He um, he actually, uh, him and his wife, Jess Abel, actually moved back here now. They actually live here. Uh, they live about an hour and a half away from us. So I still get, I still see him from time to time as well uh, currently. But um, to go out there, that was, that was the best decision uh, bowling-wise and, you know, seeing part of the country that I ever made. Wichita is awesome. I would... If I didn't have uh, my family, you know, the family and the business and my 
you know, at the time, my future wife uh, back home, I would have stayed there. The people yeah. that you met, I mean, uh, that uh, that were out there, uh, Crystal Scott, Crystal Wilson now, Russ Wilson, Nathan Moore. Um, there's Casey Slaughter. There's people I'm forgetting out there. Um, obviously, Coach Vadigan, Coach Lewis, all those guys. They're awesome. It's a great city. Uh, I loved it there. Now, bowling-wise, you really touched two of the, the biggest bowling communities that there are, coming from Syracuse and all the history and tradition mm -hmm. there, and, of course, uh, the legacy at Wichita State and the fact that it just breeds bowlers, of course, already talented when they get there uh, and then go on to do even greater things. Uh, you got the sweatshirt on now, so, so clearly very proud of that decision uh, and that opportunity. Uh, but uh, for being the left-hander, uh, not too many uh, make it to Wichita, and, and, and there's a pretty good list, of course, uh, but uh, probably a little bit more rare than in other places. But uh, talk about that aspect of it uh, and then going there and, and kind of experiencing it from, from that perspective. Yeah, there was uh, always the – uh, the idea or people would say, oh, you know, you're lefty, you'll never bowl unless it's walled or this or that. Or uh, Gordon, will, you know, you'll be lucky to go and shoot. You'll be there to shoot washouts or something like that would be your job. Um, that I never got that vibe. Um, he worked with uh, me. Coach Lewis worked with me. I had every opportunity to when uh, to show that I could help the team at any time. If the if the right was better and those guys had a good look, then, you know, that was perfectly fine with me to uh, sit there and cheer and hope, you know, hope they strike away. If they, if the left was good, then it was my job to hopefully uh, get up there and help them out. Well, we do have a couple photos along the way today and, uh, and for you some success at the intercollegiate team championships uh, back in 2006, you made the all tournament team uh, and you guys were semifinalists and made a run at the national title, came up a little bit short uh, in your couple of years there. Uh, but uh, talk about this experience and this moment and just being part of that talented group right there and, and what it means to uh, have had the success that you did as part of that program. Yeah, um, I, I had a – I think it was at uh, Cherry Bowl in uh, Rockford, I think it was. Illinois is where uh, it was back-to-back -back years they had it there. And I believe they had Guardian Surface. So I knew at some point, somehow, some way, the right was just going to get torched and – if I could just find something on the left that uh, I'd be useful to the rest of the guys. So, um, you know, luckily uh, I matched up, uh, you know, throughout the whole entire process and I was able to help us out. Unfortunately, not enough to, uh, to win the whole thing, but um, you know, there was some good teams back then too. I believe uh, Saginaw, I think the year they won, they had um, Dan McClellan. Um, they had a couple other guys, Steve Novak was on the team. Um, so, there was no, uh, definitely no slouches that we were competing against either. Well, now you were able to kind of parlay that momentum uh, at the intercollegiate team championships in your career uh, to the open championships. That's about when it began for you. 2004 uh, was the start of your career at the OC in Reno. Uh, and the first part of your career, you actually spent with uh, many of those Wichita guys, uh, some very talented players. Uh, and they've always been able to, to field some teams, Jesse Buss and, John Trubinsky and, and just so many people that you already mentioned who kind of stick together, mm -hmm. of course, uh, in Wichita with Gordon and, and Mark Lewis and, and Jensen and everybody there, uh, the tradition, what the Open Championships means uh, is pretty evident as well. Uh, the success that they had there in the 80s, um, no doubt, you know, it's all part of the, the conversation and um, 
talk about your debut at the OC and, and again, uh, taking those guys with you. So really it was just almost like another collegiate event for you guys to come out and join us on the OC lanes. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, just another, another, um, experience like, uh, back in college, not understanding exactly what, you know, how big and how many the, uh, the tournament was and all that. Um, I think our team, the first year we were there, uh, Clara Guerrero was on the team, I believe, um, I believe Casey Slaughter, Ryan Abel, um, I can't remember that. I think Mark Buffa was also on the team as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just like another event. Um, obviously a very prestigious event and uh, definitely was nervous. I mean, I still get nervous today. And I, I don't know how many years that is for me, uh, 15 or 16 so far, but uh, knowing that you're going into uh, a tournament, you got three events, you got one chance at each one and you got to make it right. And you got to, uh, hope the stars align. You get your breaks when you do, and you got to make the best shots you possibly can for nine games. Um, but I mean, it, it was awesome to be able to bowl with, uh, those guys. And you said the comfort level of knowing everybody who you're with and all that and traveling with those guys, you know, definitely makes it much easier. Um, I'm sure 2006, I think we, uh, we were able to put a little something together and, uh, make a run and, uh, led for a couple months. I think it was, uh, before we got, uh, eventually got beat. Again, that was a that was a pretty um, fun night in uh, in Corpus Christi and seeing you guys come together again. Uh, the team was called Brunswick Shocks. Um, again, uh, sponsored by Brunswick at the time in Wichita, I believe, and then uh, Shocks, yep. of course, the the Shockers at Wichita State. So uh, again, carrying that tradition forward, a great team, a great group, uh, led by Tyson Brannigan. Shot uh, eight twenty three oh. that night in the team event, and we hadn't seen an eight hundred in a while at the OCs until t- two thousand six. Um, John Janowitz had one in 2004, didn't have one in 05. Uh, so that was a pretty big deal. Again, some of those guys you mentioned there, Ryan Abel there on the right, Tyson Brannigan uh, to your right. Um, so again, uh, that had to be a, a whole lot of fun for you guys, youngsters coming out and uh, and chasing the Eagle, going on to finish third when it was all said and done. Yeah, I think the only thing I would change it for that experience was probably that hair style that I got going on there. That's a little... <laughs> Oh, crazy! <laughs> I was going to ask if uh, if you can still rock that nowadays. Oh no, no, much more reserved now. Got the old pat it down in the front and comb it over. Uh, uh, yeah, Casey Slaughter's uh, pictured in that too. Who's currently on our team right now? Um, so I mean, just goes goes back to show you that you know the the, um, the the Wichita, the people there. You know, just because we've all moved on or in different cities and all that, uh, everybody still seems to keep in touch. Now, one of the uh, big parts of that performance in 2006 uh, was a humongous final game uh, and Tyson getting to 823. Uh, and we got the scoreboard here, so a nice little 279 from the left side there. But, uh, you know, what was yeah. it like making a run like that? You know, obviously the, uh, you know, the collegiate environment tends to, uh, you know, prepare folks for this event and obviously, you know, being part of a team, you know, it's just fun when everyone's performing like that. But 1261 is, you know, something only a handful of folks in the world have done at the Open Championships. What was it like for you guys to uh, just go on that run and see the strikes uh, pile up? Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. I remember um, I remember uh, Coach V, Coach Lewis uh, in the back, along with another group. And I mean, they were just going nuts. And I'm, um, you know, at, at the time, you know, when you're born, uh, my folk, my mentality is I'm just trying to bowl 
each frame, you know, take it frame by frame and this and that. I, I, I wasn't watching the scoreboard too much to know what, what we could shoot or, or, or what, what we potentially still had left. But, um, you know, to be able to put up a number like that, I think if I was, if I'm correct, Matt, you probably correct me, but uh, it is or was like the third highest uh, uh, game ever shot some, somewhere around that number. It, it um, was up there until uh, about 2014 or so when things went a little crazy for us, but uh, still, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's up there. It's, uh, it's an amazing performance. Yeah, I mean, to, w- when you go there, you expect to – obviously, you know they're going to be tough. You know um, that you're going to have to stay focused and make great shots. And to be able to go up there and just shoot a number like that, um, you know, makes you take a step back and, you know, appreciate the work that you put in to get to that point, you know, I mean, there's no, at least for the amateurs, there's no bigger level to, to come to than when you go to that. So to step up and put together, not just one guy, but five guys to put together a, a, um, a score like that to show that, uh, you know, you work together, you, you built the pattern, you know, the right way, you broke it down the right way. And, uh, you know, to, to finish with that shows uh, that, uh, you know, the te- teamwork is definitely huge in, uh, in that aspect. Now, how did that experience and that close call change your perspective of the Open Championships or how you felt about the event or even uh, was it motivating for you to to want to come back and, and really get the job done? Yeah, um, you know, prior to that, I mean, I love bowling. I love to bowl. Um, am I uh, – do I, cons- I – I'm not an Anthony Pepe or a Derek Magno of that, uh, that level. No, I don't think so. But – to really think that there was a chance that uh, um, we had an opportunity prior to that. I don't know. I, I just love to go. I love the team camaraderie part of it. And if we won something, you know, you know, awesome. Of course we were striving for it and working towards it. But, and after that, knowing that, you know, we took the lead, we held on to the lead. Um, that was definitely a, a an, an eye opener. Like, Hey, you know, you can be one of these guys too, who uh, assists or helps in, you know, getting, getting the award, um, Waiting for that phone call, waiting for that uh, that ceremony the next year that uh, you may or may not see, depending on when you're there. Like that could be you, your your group or yourself could be part of that. Um, so, yeah, that definitely changed uh, some some things for sure, mentality wise. Now, within a couple of years of that experience, uh, things shifted for you a little bit. Uh, you went and moved on to bowl with the group from home uh, again, where. You went from bowling with kind of a, a group of peers, youngsters, uh, to a very experienced group. Again, guys, you mentioned already that you grew up bowling, junior bowling with, uh, but also uh, the likes of Mike Trinisky, Mike Carno, uh, Distin, all of those guys uh, with the experience, the success that they had in the mid-1990s, the tradition, um, all this big group that you guys have put together, like a, a family of Syracuse bowlers. Uh, talk about that transition, of course. Uh, then you're back home, the family business, uh, 2011, you got married. So, uh, everything kind of changed for you in that regard. Uh, but, uh, a transition to the next part of your career. And, uh, it's been a pretty good decade on the lanes uh, since. Yeah. Um, when I, once I came back, uh, I came home, we, we initially joined a team with a bunch of, uh, bowlers out of Auburn. It's about a half hour outside of Syracuse. Uh, accomplished uh, bowlers as well. Um, Derek was already with those uh, with that team, so uh, he said, "Hey, you know, you're coming back." He goes, "I got a spot for you. Let's, you know, let's go." So um, we bowled with those guys for a couple of years. Um, after that, uh, 
Joe Conti was already with the group of Mike Trinisky, Mike Carno, uh, Ray Sear, Art Alexander, Dean Diston. Um, and they, uh, they had had a few guys move on and, um, Derek said, Hey, he goes, I don't think we're ever going to get another chance like this. He goes, you know, these guys are close group. He goes, if we, if, if they find somebody else and they, they, um, want to stick around, they're probably, you know, it's, they're going to stick around. So there's two spots. He goes, I think we need to, we need to make the move. He goes, you don't get many opportunities and you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we jumped on with those guys. Um, and I mean, every year since, um, we've gotten together, I mean, um, we've had a great opportunity to, uh, win an event here or there or multiple events. I mean, I think, uh, when Joe and Derek, I think maybe the last three or four years, maybe even five years, they've got a number after two games with a chance to take the lead in doubles, uh, every single year. Um, that goes to show what Mike Trinisky, the, the knowledge and the, um, information that he has, uh, for bowling and all that is, is incredible. Uh, he's helped me a ton. He, um, you know, he allows us to go to his bowling center whenever we want and is available to help us. Any of us, when any, anybody on the team, he's there for us a hundred percent. Mike Carno, he's probably the, uh, he's the best teammate you could ever have. He was the more, he was the, when we won last year, he was the most excited out of everybody there. He, he probably knew to the, to the pin from the, from the start of the halfway through the second game of singles that we had a chance to, to win. Uh, and I'm sure he was counting every single one. Um, the other guys, Dean Diston, you know, um, the quiet, another, another quiet one, just silent assassin just goes and takes care of business every time he comes. But all those guys, I mean, you one part of the OC as well as you get to hang out with all those guys and they all have a love for the same thing. And to be able to bowl with those guys and accomplish something like that is, um, I mean, it doesn't get any better. I, I don't. I think most people. I've watched a couple of your podcasts. Everybody enjoys winning the award, the, the team award, the doubles award. You know, with someone else because it just shows you know that you're sharing something that's so special. Well, we know that in a lot of cases, uh, it is a two-team effort. Uh, Ten guys coming together, working together. Uh, for you, uh, you have uh, had a couple left-handers over the years, and I, I think. Uh, that's something that's very important as well. I mean, you can't be out there necessarily by yourself. Uh, you just need some, just to communicate even, just to have some help out there. Uh, and over the recent years, uh, you mentioned Art Alexander as a as a help to you. Uh, he and Joey Petrowski had success at the Bowler's Journal. You mentioned Joe Conti mm-hmm. and Derek Magno making a run at doubles in Reno. So uh, a lot of success, a lot of close calls there, uh, good communication uh, talk about that aspect of it and being out there and, and just being able to have those extra eyes and, and just being able to work together. And then we'll talk about, of course, the addition of Anthony Pepe in 2019 uh, to really round things out for you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when you go out, when you go out there and I'm sure you hear all the, all the good teams talk about it, they all have a game plan of what they're going to do. If, if you don't work together, if you don't, uh, try certain things and I'll commit to it 100% everybody, then I think that's where you get a couple guys that may bowl well, you get a couple guys that struggle. And unfortunately your chances at winning, you know, one of these, uh, the events um, goes out the window pretty quickly. Um, Committing to, I mean, when we go, when we make our trip out there, um, the first day's out probably there for a little bit of fun. But after that, um, 
you know, we kind of follow, we talked to, we're good friends with Mike Rose and I know his group when they go out there, uh, you know, they're all business. They may have a, a day to hang out and get together, but when they go out there, they'll sign up to bowl every squad for the journal and they'll practice on there. Yes. It's not the same, uh, set of lanes that you're going to be bowling on when you bowl doubles and singles, but you get an idea of what potentially you could expect. So they'll bowl there all day long. Um, you know, we tried to adapt or, uh, uh, take that in as well and do the same thing. Um, usually, you know, Mike Trinisky's got an idea um, of what uh, what he may or may not have heard or just based off the of last year, in my opinion, the last couple of years have been relatively close pattern-wise. Um, so you have an idea of what uh, uh, how you want to start and how you want to play him. Um, on, the, on the left, you know, having Art was uh, – he's amazing. Um, I think – he helped, or I helped him maybe a little bit, but more or less, uh, just as long as I didn't get in his way, um, <laughs> that was all my goal was. Um, same thing with Pepe. I mean, he was awesome, to, you know, to step in for uh, our first year. You know, um, awesome guy, very quiet again, but uh, obviously very knowledgeable. Um, I mean, dude's a machine. Uh, but to really, I think the key was, yeah, absolutely, just making sure that we uh, – had a game plan, stuck to it, and communicated, you know, whether it was moves or ball changes, this and that, um, whether we thought it was the right move or wrong move, but just talking about it just to get all options out there. Um, the, those are key when you're going out there, I think. Now, that's quite the group. And, and you know, obviously, you know, uh, Matt kind of alluded to the accomplishments of, of some of the guys going back uh, into the 90s and, and, and since then, too. Um, you know, as 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 a kid on the team, essentially, uh, uh, you know, the work with those veterans, um, you know, Syracuse was a host city in 1999 uh, of the Open Championships. Did you have the opportunity to potentially, uh, you know, I, I, I do not know your involvement with those guys back then, but, uh, you know, was that something you were checking out uh, as just a fan of the sport trying to learn more? Or was that kind of something a little off the radar for you? Um, no. Yeah, we. Um... Uh, in, in 99, I've, uh, we did go down and watch some, I don't, uh, I don't recall watching that group. Um, we actually had our junior, uh, junior league. We had a travel league at the time when I was in juniors and they set up a tournament. We were ab actually able to bowl there prior to the tournament starting. Very cool. So that was really cool. That was our first experience knowing like a, uh, convention center type setting and all that. Uh, so that was really neat. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I wasn't old enough to drive then, so Derek was actually taking us. He would take myself and Joe down there, uh, excuse me, to to go watch uh, multiple groups. Um, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was awesome having that there. And you know, again, that just opened up to you know what uh, how how big bowling is uh, across the country. Right now, going back to 2018, of course, we revisited Syracuse, a, a lifetime apart uh, for you and for you guys, uh, right in the middle of it. Uh, we saw you, we saw each of the guys quite a bit during the pre-event festivities, the build. Uh, we had the state championships, we had the Special Olympics, we had a lot going on. City tournament was even inside the venue there. Mm -hmm. uh, we also had the Masters, so different opportunities uh, for you guys to come down to check it out, to maybe bowl in one of those events to get a feel for the place. Uh, talk about the pressures of having it right there, just minutes from work, minutes from home. Um, you know, was it easier? Was it harder? Was the preparation different uh, compared to another year? Uh, I imagine the, the, the vacation part of it, of course, wasn't there. But uh, how was it different 
And uh, how did you guys feel bowling in your backyard, and, and how much did that add to the pressure or the experience for you? Um, I think, well, definitely more pressure, obviously. You know, everybody that you know, whether they uh, they know a lot about bowling or don't know much about bowling, uh, hears that this is going on, and they're like, oh, when are you bowling? And that, you know, of course, they, they expect to hear – you know, they expect these huge scores that you're probably going to shoot because they think and know that, um, you know, you're the greatest around town. And then when you go there, you know, they don't understand, you know, we're bowling on what is the equivalent to the golf masters. So, um, you know, you, you, you definitely feel the pressure there to perform and show those, those people that, you know, yeah, you, what are my reputation or our reputation? You know, we, we live up to it even on the biggest uh, stage. Um, I think we all, we all bowled pretty well, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think uh, when we left team-wise, um, one one of our teams was in the top ten, maybe, or, and then the other one wasn't too far behind. Um, I, you know, it was a good trip for, or, well, it wasn't really a trip, but it was a good, uh, it was a good outing for all of us. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, great to to have it here. Uh, we were we definitely spent a lot of time down there. I remember going from I'd go from work. Um, just out there because I, I I start work early, so I get out in the early afternoons. So I'd spend a few hours out there before I uh, had to make my way home. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. I was um, like I was telling you guys prior to. I wish they would uh, uh, consider the East Coast or even our area again. We loved having it here. Well, we definitely had an awesome time out that way, and uh, yeah. I did. Aaron did as well, maybe for different reasons and different experiences. But uh, certainly, uh, we met some great people out there as well. Uh, Fran Perano who is in our chat right now, uh, dropping in. She was a great help to us at the tournament, and uh, she was hoping to see some some Buffalo Bills attire rather than the Shockers, but we are here to talk about that was yet- on a- <laughs> Had that so. on yesterday, Fran. Uh, but uh, that's yes, really a, awesome, a great – Oh, uh, just saying, Fran, she, she just does an awesome mm-hmm. job for the bowling community in our area. You know, we don't get too much coverage. If, uh, if it wasn't for her, we probably wouldn't get any. So – uh, thank you very much for that, Fran. Well, in a lot of these cities, the the smaller places, uh, that's the best part about going is the people we get to meet and and keep in touch with. Uh, we saw that in Baton Rouge, we see it in Syracuse, uh, El Paso, especially as well, just a few years ago. Uh, but uh, we're going to transition now a little bit to the big city, so Las Vegas. Uh, you guys love Las Vegas, and uh, I know there's a couple good stories here coming. Uh, as you said, uh, part of the trip is about being together, experiencing the host city, having a good time. Uh, but then it's all about business. Uh, and you guys had a lot to celebrate in 2019 uh, based on your team performance and, of course, after doubles and singles. Uh, but tell us a little bit more about the the experience, the preparation. When did it start? When does the, the strategy begin? How much are you guys talking before you go? Uh, and then just a, a brief summary, I think, of what it's like uh, when you get to the host city and then trying to balance uh, the I lost you, but we're glad we found you part of it. To, uh, you know, this is the, the biggest event of the year. Yeah, we uh, we got a, we have a group message going that goes year round. Um, so we're always talking, you know, I might stay quiet kind of throughout the summer uh, when there isn't too much going on. But uh, once that, uh, you know, October hits, you know, or at least around here, there's tournaments uh, from then until pretty much the end of uh, the end of April. So um, our, our idea was, is, uh, we, I know some groups like to go later. We like to go in April. That's pretty much when our season around here ends. So at least guys are still fresh. You know, some guys do like to 
take a little time off. So we probably really start in October. Um, there's stuff going on throughout. Uh, the majority of the stuff here in Syracuse really hits at the end of January. Um, my wife dreads the end of January until about uh, the middle of March because uh, there isn't much time that there's that uh, there isn't any bowling. So uh, I I uh, see her passing by between work and bowling and all that. Those three months uh, go by pretty quickly. I'm sure they're slow for her, but they go by fast for me. Um, usually around that time in February, you know, we're we're already game planning. Mike's letting us know that uh, if we want any time, we can uh, head up to his place and uh, he'll try to put last year's pattern out or just something that's uh, difficult. Um, he's there to work with us if we got any uh, – you know, ball questions, layout questions, uh, you know, physical game questions, anything like that. Um, by that point, uh, once March uh, ends, we're um, pretty much getting ready to go, shipping balls, talking to guys and all that uh, about what you, you know, what do you think here? What do you think there? Um, our big question this, well, was going to be this year was um, urethane, no urethane, um, Pepe's not a big uh, fan of urethane, so that was a discussion on whether it's uh, even worth putting in the bag and shipping out there or not, but um, didn't have to worry about that, obviously. We'll, we'll start that subject again next year. Um, I, I even have uh, – I had a, a couple of the guys that live here actually work out the, on the OC throughout the time, so they drive out there. I still got uh, a couple balls. Actually, they made their way from Reno to Vegas, so they're somewhere in storage. Hopefully, we can find them. <laughs> um, right now. And then, you know, when we finally make the trip, uh, that's when uh, the fun starts and ends. I mean, we um, last year, I was telling Matt this a little bit of this story uh, yesterday. Um, we usually plan it for the full week. We like to be able to go out and have a good time the first day or, or the first two days and then save a day at the end. Um, we got there uh, last year, and uh, our whole group uh, – went out uh, i can't think of the what's the big ferris wheel that's out there in downtown the high roller yeah uh, the high roller so the uh the high roller was going on and they allow you to um uh you can just go in the in, inside the ferris wheel there or they have an open bar for the i think it's 30 minute duration that the uh um it takes for it to go make one full cycle so uh we had the uh open bar version and um, a couple of fellas uh, decided they were going to see if they could set the world record of most drinks <laughs> consumed in that 30-minute span. Um, not to name names, but at one point uh, as we're walking back, uh, well, we kind of lost Derek. He, um, he, had to, he goes, I got to use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Never saw him after that. <laughs> so we... Um, Myself and Steve Meyer looked for him for about two or three hours. Had no I up and down the uh, strip there, just looking around, trying to figure out. Couldn't find him one bit. No idea where he went. And uh, uh, we finally said, "You know, what are we going to do? How are we going to find him? If we if we if we call someone and tell you know that he's missing, they're going to say that's Vegas. You know, like <laughs> wait till wait till the next morning, you'll find him." Uh, we get back to our room, and there he is, sound asleep in my in our room. So honestly, did so he have the, all his uh, teeth when uh, when he woke up? He did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. No dental uh, uh, work was necessary at the time. Very nice. Uh, 
next morning uh, starts. Uh, supposed to be bowl the bowler's journal that morning. He didn't answer that bell. He comes down. He comes strolling down. Uh-oh. TJ, we lost you. Man, Derek must have pulled the plug. He didn't want his story <laughs> to get out. Uh-oh. We can still hear you, TJ. You still hear me? Okay. Hear I'll keep going. I don't know what uh, what happened on the camera portion. But, uh, yeah, he looks at me and he goes, uh, what happened last night? Like, I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. How would you get home? He's like, I have no idea. He, <laughs> he had no idea how he got home, where he got back. But I'll tell you what, after that, I said, are you ready to go? To I go, business starts today. He said, oh, I'll, I'll be ready. Don't you worry about me. And uh, I mean, the rest is history, pretty much. Yeah, the uh, Derek, the buddy system is important. So moving, moving <laughs> forward here. Uh, I'm going to try and uh, I believe Matt's, Matt, are you working to, to fix us? Am I working? I said maybe TJ can uh, can log out, log back in real quick, and you want me to head out um, and jump back in? Yeah, and we'll, uh, right. we'll 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 keep telling the tale, the uh, the right. Magno. Um, right. Luckily, folks, uh, we're able to find Derek just in time, right? And uh, they came out uh, in a team event day. Uh, what a performance uh, for Mental Produce! Now, uh, the Mental Produce name made its return. At the Open Championships, it happened once before, I believe it was 2011. Uh, so what better year to win the event when you get your company's name on the trophy? Uh, pretty awesome. But uh, the guys came out. They made a great run in the team event. Uh, Derek shot 300. Uh, it was the third of 12 for the year. Uh, an awesome moment there. Uh, very special again for those guys, a supportive group, all working together, all communicating. Uh, they did not get into the top spot uh, in the team standing, so – Kind of a bittersweet opportunity there uh, to make the run, to feel the excitement, but to, to get the 300, to share that moment. We'll talk uh, about what it was like to be in there. But, to Aaron, we do have that video, uh, I believe, to, to share, hopefully, uh, of Derek's 300. Um, and we can take a look at that and get some thoughts from TJ now that he's back. Of course. Give me a quick second. We'll have that right up. TJ, right. welcome back. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, technology, but uh, we made it through. We were just talking about uh, the fact that we successfully found Derek in time for uh, for the team event to go as well <laughs> as it did. Uh, again, a run at the lead, so the uh, the bittersweetness of it, uh, the excitement of uh, trying to get there, the 300, all of that. We'll talk about the emotions uh, of that. And again, even without taking the lead, it's still a great head start for team all events, which of course. Uh, is what you guys went on to win. Uh, but TJ, tell us about being in the settee area and in that moment, uh, doing the math. I was there. We all were there, kind of counting it down. Um, and then to not get there, but to, to experience the 300 at the OC, pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, – he actually he he uh, he actually called it. He, I think in the second frame, I think there was uh, myself, him – there might've been three of us that had the, had a, uh, the, fr the first two. And he looks at me and he said, uh, um, I know, I, th I think I sh shot like 150 the first game. And he looks at me and he's like, snap out of it. He's like, he's like, we're going to get this. He's like, we're going to take this lead. He's like, we're going to get it. He's like, one of us is shooting 300. He's like, I can feel it. And I'm like, huh. I'm like, you know, 
I, I was down a little bit, but I'm definitely not, uh, definitely not going to, you know, give up on the team for sure. And I mean, I, like when he had the front nine, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This guy, I go, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's amazing. I mean, he, it's funny how he can call things. And I mean, I've bowled with him forever, how he, he can say certain things. I mean, it's one thing to say certain things and it's another one to do it. And yeah, to, to do that, throw three in the 10th where it doesn't even look like he was nervous. I know he was, um, but just to flush him like that. Um, I mean, that's just as I was just as excited whether, whether it was me, him, you know, any one of those guys, but him and Joe, I've known the longest we've grown up together uh, to do that there in that setting was probably one of the coolest things that I've ever, uh, I've ever seen. Uh, well, you guys got to, to share that experience and then to get so close once again, um, talk about the conversation after the celebration there uh, about not quite getting to where you wanted to be. Uh, I'm sure some disappointment about, uh, about being close, but then uh, to have the maturity to be able to refocus and realize that, uh, you know, you got a great chance heading into doubles and singles to, to really do something as well. That's a, that's a tough balance. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, me being the low man on the team, actually, you know, that, uh, that's definitely a downer. You look at what some of the guys did and, um, you know, the scores they put together and to say, you know, you really couldn't find, I mean, I'm not sure what the number difference was, but you couldn't find 50, 60 pins to really, you know, get yourself together to put it, put a number together to help the guys out. You know, that's definitely a, um, you know, you're, you're so close once again. And like I talked about before, you, you don't get, you get one shot at this, you get one uh, shot at each event and, you know, you got to succeed and you got to start fast and you got to keep going. Um, so, yeah, I, I remember being, uh, you know, you know, being down, you know, happy for those guys and, and, and every, you know, that they did so well. But also looking back and going, you know, you worked, you put all this work in to get to this point and, uh, you know, to shoot 550 when all you needed was maybe was I'm not sure what the number we needed, but to, to shoot 620 or 630, at least feel you know like you contributed. Uh, that was definitely a, a, a bummer uh, for the night, but you know, to know that uh, we we had six more games to go, I've always had a better look at the doubles and singles, you know. So I knew the opportunity to help help the team out was probably going to be there. Well, the good news is you ended up needing way more than just fifty or sixty when it was all said and done. So, uh, and <laughs> of course, uh, you ended up having just enough uh, to take home the team all events title. But uh, we'll get to that point, but. Uh, in 2019, again, some roster changes, uh, the addition of the left-hander, Anthony Pepe, and uh, he had been a two-time Eagle winner at the South Point Bowling Plaza in 2017 uh, with Team NABR. He won a PBA Tour title in that venue as well, so that had to be great for the confidence. Also, the fact that you guys were able to kind of maybe work off each other a little bit, communicate, uh, and of course... Uh, we mentioned while you were away, the Mento Produce name getting back onto the scoreboard uh, in the perfect time. It had been almost a decade uh, since that was the team name. Maybe it's good luck now. Half the time uh, <laughs> you guys have won uh, with that up there. But uh, a new year, a new roster, uh, new excitement uh, going in after the, the team run in the 300. Um, and just talk about doubles and singles. The way it was set up is that uh, all the right-handers were over on lanes one and two. And then you guys were on three and four. Uh, they got done first being on the end pair, got done a little bit quicker. They also threw uh, a boatload of strikes, which is phenomenal. Uh, we knew going in based on the records that uh, Derek was going to shoot 718 in singles. Uh, he's done that three consecutive <laughs> years now. So 
Uh, just put him down for that in uh, 2021 as well. Uh, but really, the group came together. It was fun being down there to see the experience and the, the excitement and um, just the just everything all coming together. Uh, and then when it was time for you guys on three and four to get done, uh, it was Facebook Live. We were counting down the numbers. Uh, and uh, wow, I mean, it was six games, but you put up a pretty solid final game between the five of you uh, to get the job done. Uh, we'll talk scores in a minute, but uh, talk about, again, coming into day two, uh, and then having all the pressure on your shoulders, you and Anthony, uh, to be the two that really need to finish it off. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I wasn't watching numbers. I had really no idea that we. I mean, I knew those guys on the on one and two were shooting huge scores. I knew that. I didn't even really pay attention to what the number was. Uh, you know, the current all events leader was going in. Um, I didn't even really know that. Uh, I knew that. Uh, from watching, especially Steve Meyer, from watching his reaction, I think the last game I was able to put five or six in a row together going getting into the ninth and tenth frame. And, I mean, he's a, he gets fired up as it is, but uh, he was he was really pumped up. So uh, I had an idea that we may have had a, uh, a chance to get near a number. Uh, Mike Carno, I think I think I started the tenth first. And Carno, uh, once Pepe threw his first shot in the tenth, he's looked at me and he's like, that just sealed it. And I'm like, what do you mean that just sealed? He's like, he's like, you guys just took the all-events lead. I'm like, I think I still had a spare to shoot, and I, I, I believe I missed it. I wasn't even, uh, you know, completely focused. I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, uh, I knew that. Uh, I remember talking to the the team and the guys and saying, um, I'm like, those guys. I go, those guys both shot. I believe it was Ryan Mao and Fielon that they both shot 800 uh, in singles. Um, when we were comparing the numbers after that and guys are like, geez, I hope that holds up. I'm like, do you guys realize both of those guys had to shoot 800, uh, to get to the number that they did? I go, and we just beat that number. Um, so w- once it happened, I mean, it, it didn't really sink in. Um, you know, you're, 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 just getting finished. You're, uh, me, I'm thinking about, uh, some of the shots that could have or couldn't have been, um, what moves I could have made trying to think of uh, for next year, remember this and all that. And then uh, finally, once you're putting your stuff away, you realize, you know, holy cow, we, we just, we just took the lead in this, this dream of the uh, Derek and Joe, every time we, we take our trip out, you know, we say, you know, we're going, you know, I'm sure we're not the only ones, but we go Eagle hunting and to finally put yourself in a position to finally get it was, uh, was, was pretty awesome. Well, now again, uh, Derek individually uh, excelled in 2019. Everybody bowled well. Derek actually made a run at the all events title as well. 2142 is his final number uh, for those three right-handers on the end pair. there, uh, nearly shooting 800 combined in their final game of singles to, to really get the momentum going. Uh, and there they are. There's Anthony first one on the left. Uh, and then of course, TJ Mento, Steve Meyer, Derek Magno and Joe Conti jr. Uh, but uh, needing 1200 plus in your final game. Again, you didn't know the numbers you weren't watching. A lot of bowlers do not, uh, there's a lot going on for even for us in team all events. Uh, we're doing the countdown, so we knew that it was going to take 1200. And I kept watching the video yesterday. I'm like, did I get that wrong? Like 1200? That just sounds astronomical. Like, did I mean a mm-hmm. thousand? But it was 1200 plus to get to the lead. They shoot about 770 for their three games, uh, and then you guys needed to to finish that off. And um, holy cow! Again, just watching it, just to say it out loud, 1200, and you did it and with some room even. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Anthony stepped up. He delivered in the 10th with a double. 
Uh, you had a, a little bit of a, a letdown there in your final frame with the, the open. I believe it was the 4-7 uh, that you had chopped. Um, mm -hmm. But you did it. That's the important thing is you got there. Uh, but I imagine, again, we talked about, uh, you know, you, you felt a little bit responsible being the, the low guy on the team. Somebody has to be the low guy. Nobody wants to be. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, the open frame uh, to finish things off. Uh, so individually, personally, bittersweet, I imagine, for you uh, to know uh, that you that you could have done more, you wanted to do more, uh, but again, at the same time, that you're there. Uh, talk about that final game, the final day, the feelings of coming off the lanes, knowing uh, that you guys got to where you wanted to be, but it could have been more, and then you had to sweat it out for a few months. This is only April that this happened. Yeah, we, um, I mean, this same scenario back in uh, 2006, I mean, you're done. We took the lead, you know, that's great, but you still got uh, May, June, and July to go. So to sit there and have to uh, get on the schedule, find out when, who's bowling, what, when, when the, the teams are coming. Um, I mean, I remember back in 2006, I think they, the only way to watch, um, I mean, obviously you can't watch now, but I think then they had like a, a, a camera where you could, it was only stills that you could see. So mm -hmm. we would, uh, Casey Slaughter was the worst. He would, uh, <laughs> he would, I mean, just all times of the night, just checking scores, this or that. And then you're trying to, trying to zoom the camera at the exact right time and angle and all that to see what team shot. Uh, we used to just mess with him in the middle of the night and be like, Oh, we lost, you know, we got beat a team number and he'd, he'd freak out. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to, to have to sit there for three months and um, a hope nobody beats you. B know that uh, you know if 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 we did get beat, uh, it really rests on my shoulders. That uh, seeing as uh, I was the low man, and there's probably there's obviously pins that were absolutely left out there. So uh, that was a pretty uh, pretty strenuous uh, three months uh, for sure. Um, that was when uh, a buddy of ours, uh, Jeff, he. Um, He's a huge numbers guy, statistics guy. I remember when uh, Nabar, Team Nabar was bowling, and they uh, he was literally counting down their max score the entire third game of, of uh, singles, letting us know what they had left and if they could beat us and all that. I mean, that was just uh, – it was brutal. Right. Now, you mentioned that particular team, and that was actually going to be my follow-up question. Uh, Anthony got to be a part of that team as they won uh, team and team all events in 2017 at the Bowling Plaza. Uh, and Adam Bardo was historically a pain in our butts trying to find out everything <laughs> about every squad, everything going on. So who was that person <laughs> in your group? Who was the most, uh, you know, on the phone, watching everything? I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess it was Derek because he was actually there for the final day. But uh, who was that person in the group who was just uh, this tormented the most over the course, waiting for it to get there? Oh, well, Derek's definitely uh, up there. I I again would say Mike Carno. He, I mean, he's the numbers guy. He's the guy that puts this all together. And like I said before, he's probably, uh, if there's a definition in the book for teammate, he's it. I mean, uh, he was so excited that we were, that we took the lead and he, um, he kept, he would text me or the group or this, or this team's bowling tonight or this, that, that, or, I mean, uh, guys that we didn't even know, but he knew some sort of statistic about him of why, they, you know, they had an opportunity to take the lead uh, between him and, uh, you know, Derek. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, the, the two of them going back, uh, figuring out who's bowling, when and where. Um, it didn't, that's all. I mean, every night my wife would, <laughs> she'd get upset because uh, my phone, my phone would be blowing up throughout <laughs> the middle of the night. They'd be talking about uh, frame by frame, this guy did that or this or that. Uh, uh, so uh, it was definitely a crazy uh, three months uh, time period. Well, now, this next story I'm going to ask you to tell, this is going to be the part that we clip out and use in our, our refresher next week to, to let the folks know that you're on the show. Um, mm-hmm. When Higgy's Aquarium bowled uh, in Vegas, of course, going back uh, a handful of years now, uh, Dan Higgins and those guys are solid performers. They're always in the hunt. Uh, some runner-up finishes. they got a couple titles now. Uh, they took the lead in the team event in 2019. Uh, that's absolutely had to be one of the teams you guys were watching and worried about. Uh, and at the same time, uh, it's baby time. Your wife, Joy, uh, <laughs> is, is going to have baby Blake. Uh, the timing, interesting to say the least. Uh, but tell us that story and those couple of days for you. Uh, and and this is definitely getting clipped out. Yeah, she um, – so Higgy's Aquarium takes the, takes the team lead. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, was a big, huge number. And, uh, um, you know, we're, I'm sitting there going, you, I mean, th- there's no way, I mean, the talent that they have plus the number that they already shot, how is it, you know, there's no way that they're not going to, uh, pile on numbers at doubles and singles. Uh, I thought the pattern was much more scoreable than team. And like I said, the talent that they have, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a given. So, um, the next day, they're about to bowl doubles and singles. I believe they bowled the – it was somewhere around the 11 o'clock squad, 11.30 in that time frame. And uh, I'm at work in the morning. My wife calls me, and she's like, I think we need to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. I mean, you got eight months to prepare for all this. This is our first child. <laughs> you think, yeah, 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 yeah. The times, you know, you got time. I got time. And all of a sudden, boom. I'm like, okay. So I'll run home. We go to the – we go up to the hospital. We're sitting there. And – um uh, their doctors are checking her out, this and that. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, you're having a baby today. Let's go. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, uh, we're going to have a baby. I don't know if Higgy's Aquarium is going to, going to beat us. We're going to, we're going to lose, but we're going to have a kid. I'm like, I don't know what to think. So, um, I'm sitting in the, um, they're prepping her and I'm sitting in the waiting room, ready to be waiting to be called in. And I'm watching on my phone. I'm watching game one of doubles. And those guys are just going off. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, this is, it's, I go, that's exactly what I thought. So all of a sudden, they call me into the room. Uh, Blake's born. You know, now it's a whole change of emotions and all like that. I'm excited. I'm scared now because I'm a parent. I'm scared now because we're going to lose. And I know that (laughs) most of it's probably uh, on me. And um, we come, we finally come back to the recovery room where, you know, things have calmed down. I've realized Blake's here now. Joy's okay. I'm like, I got to look at my phone. So I look, and I can't tell you how many text messages we have from the group. And I'm starting, and I'm reading them, and I'm reading them, and I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, I'm like, she's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm like, they didn't beat us. She's like, what do you mean? She's like, when you went, she's like, this morning you said there was no way that was going to happen. I'm like, I, I don't know. I go, the, the, we somehow, it's somehow a miracle happened. I go, Blake was born. I'm like, we, we, we still have the lead. And I think uh, there wasn't, they bowled what uh, was it end of June or 
Hmm. Yeah, it must have well, was June 17th that they bowled. So, yeah, it was pretty close to the end. Yeah, and, I hope you know that you know, answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was just one crazy day. I mean, we still joke today that Blake's the, he's the eagle baby because, I mean, he, somehow, some way, he helped the stars align. And no disrespect to the guys at Higgy's Aquarium, but, you know, thanks for, you know, sh- struggling a little bit because uh, – it was uh, it made my day even more special. Well, th- those guys had a, about a 160 pin head start on you going into doubles and singles. They shot 33-62 for their team event. Uh, went on to win the team title, uh, but came up well short. They still needed to average 220 a guy during doubles and singles to, to catch you guys. Anytime you make a run at 10,000 at the Open Championships, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, you guys shot 99-83. Uh, and they came up about 225 pinch short. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, nothing nothing to worry about after all. But it was still <laughs> very nice of you to, uh, to to give Blake the middle name Higgy uh, after all that. So, um, but uh, the, funny about the Eagle Baby, though, because Ryan Mao, uh, after taking the lead also, just had a son as well. Uh, so you guys are uh, kind of similar in that regard and a little bit different than Adam Barta. He likes to celebrate afterwards. And so his Eagle Baby comes <laughs> as a result of the celebration. Uh, and you guys, it kind of came as uh, as part of the process, and of course, uh, Blake able to be there for uh, the you know receiving of the eagle, which is pretty cool as well. Um, mm-hmm. yep. But man, uh, I, I love that story, uh, and uh, and and pretty awesome. But uh, still, even at that point, you still had to wait it out. It was almost a month to to sweat it out. You never know who's going to come in uh, before anybody was well known. Uh, they weren't known at all, right? So. Right, exactly. Um, to, yeah. to come out, you just never know. And like you're watching all these teams, and then somebody's going to sneak in. Uh, but you made it. So now, being a parent and all the, the diapers and the things, and you being on the East Coast and working early in the morning, uh, it had to be pretty wacky for you uh, as far as your time of day. But uh, did the new responsibilities and everything, did that kind of speed it along a little bit and make the wait a little bit easier for you? Uh, yeah, definitely kept us, uh, kept us busy. Um, that's for sure. So, um, Still same same scenario. Uh, I mean, there were times I think I was feeding him, uh, feeding Blake in the middle of the night where I'd be on my phone. I got him in one arm, feeding him with a bottle, just scrolling and looking at scores. And then now I'm the one texting the group in the middle of the night because I'm up and the rest of them are sleeping. Uh, so I definitely had some uh, so, um, some things, to, some time to scope out and still look and all that. And uh, But uh, yeah, ha- uh, time pretty much flew by from that point. Once we... Um, like you said, once, once they were Higgy's aquarium was done, we had uh, a little bit of a sign of relief, but, um, you know, we definitely weren't, uh, going to party or have a celebration or anything like that until Derek was down there, happened to be in Vegas watching the last ball. I mean, we weren't going to, uh, um, we all were unknown at some point, uh, until a few years ago. So, uh, obviously that could happen at any point. Well, now having Derek there in person was awesome. Saved us a phone call as well, so didn't have to pay the long distance on that. Um, but to, to see the emotion from him, and then to to hear about communicating with you guys, Fran was on top of things as well. She was ready with the photos and the story uh, as soon as it was official. Uh, but uh, when it was over, when it was finally done, you got the call, you got word from Derek uh, to be able to do this. Uh, not individually, but as a group with some of your best friends and some, some guys you look up to, uh, I imagine the reception in the Syracuse area was pretty phenomenal as well. Talk about finally being a champion at the open championships, what that means to you and your friends and your career. 
Yeah, I mean, you don't, uh, you know, like uh, like I had said before, uh, you know, Derek and Joe have, you know, I've known them uh, half or more of my life. So to meet them, to to jump into something that the three of us both love to do and have the passion for it and for that duration and to know that once, you know, once we make our way out to the OCs and we've been out there to see what it's about and the prestige to do it and then to be able to do it with um, with those guys, um, with guys uh, like Mike Trinisky, Mike Carno, uh, a group like that who's done it before as well. Um, uh, it's, I mean, I think we use the term, uh, it's a, you know, it's the Super Bowl uh, of the amateur side of, of bowling. Um, you get one shot at it and to be able to be a champion at that and to walk around with the little eagle next year, you know, to your name every time you show up and all that. I mean, that's basically what we strive for every single year. Um, so, you know, to do that and with, with a group of friends, I mean, I think, you know, in bowling or any sport to do it as a team, to, to, to achieve something that, you know, that the person, you know, to your left or to your right wants to do it just as much, um, you know, that just makes it, uh, as much as more special than, uh, than anything knowing that, uh, it took 10 of us, it took 10 guys to get this title. Um, you know, just cause five of us ha- have the award. I mean, you don't, uh, especially in the way you have to break them down. You don't, I don't, I don't think you can, we can sit here and say that, you know, we won the all events title without those other five guys, you know, doing their part and also, uh, working together. So, um, you know, there may only be five, uh, well, there'll be seven Eagles on, on the board now, but, uh, there, I mean, there's really 10 when it comes to a team, uh, the team side of it. Well, there's a, there's a photo of the team, the Eagle presentation in Syracuse. Anthony, not there. Uh, he lives actually a few hours away, closer to New York City. Uh, so he had his own <laughs> Eagle celebration. Um, but, man, just to, to say it out loud, is that kind of where it clicked for you, or has it not even clicked yet um, when you get back to the event? Uh, a, a lot of the champions, it happens at different times, like when it really sinks in, uh, what this all means. And there's still a lot more to come, too. Things that you guys missed out on in 2020 as a defending champs, You'll still get the experience in 2021, uh, but uh, what are the feelings? And, and when you think about it and talk about it, uh, or have you not really gotten to that point yet, where it's just totally not real yet? No, I I, I would say yeah, uh, it it doesn't feel real yet. I mean, with the with the with everything that went on with the with the pandemic and the break that we've unfortunately had from from the from bowling uh, in itself. I mean. Um, you know, you don't, you don't really, uh, you don't really think about it. I mean, you know, everybody congratulated us when we were back and all that, which, uh, was amazing, but I, I don't think you'll, I'll really understand it or get it all until we're actually back there in Vegas and we, uh, uh, have the presentation there. I mean, I think that's one of the really hit or when you walk around and you're like, you know, just a year ago we were here, you know, we, we, we did what we set out to do. Um, yeah, I don't think it'll really, uh, it'll really hit until we're there again. Uh, you guys are going to head back to Las Vegas at South Point where it all happened. Um, there's a lot that goes into being a defending champ. What are you guys most looking forward to about the experience? Of course, there's going to be the preparation and there's going to be uh, the fact that you're going to be world famous walking in the venue, but there's banners and awards and, and as you said, the designation on the scoreboard. Uh, but what about the next parts of this process are you most looking forward to? I want to see that Eagle next to my name, <laughs> you know, you go every, you go there every year and that's what you, um, that's what you want to see. I mean, 
when when you're going there and you're looking around to see who you know, who should I watch here? I mean, that's the first thing that you, uh, at least that's what I look at. Okay, is there any any guys who have uh, Eagles bowling on this pair? Because that's what I'm going to go watch first if I don't know anybody. Um, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I mean, that and just the whole experience again with the group, um, being able to be with those guys again and um, just that that week, I guess that we'd say that we're there hanging out together. I mean. Uh, I really enjoy that uh, that time, whether it's on the lanes, off the lanes. But uh, you know, having everybody there, knowing what where they're all there for the same goal and trying to achieve it again, uh, just you know, gets me uh, pretty pumped up. I'm ready to go now. I can't wait till we can finally get back to bowling. Don't forget to order uh, Derek the little backpack with the with the leash on it, so you don't lose him this time around. Oh no! This this year we're going with uh, uh, find my friend. He's going to be right on there. The whole team's gonna have him too. He's gonna not just me. Everybody's gonna have him locked down, and we're gonna know where he's at. Well, speaking of <laughs> that, uh, we've had a very interactive uh, chat on Facebook and YouTube, so be sure to check that out when the show's done, uh, TJ. But uh, your teammate Steve Meyer dropping in, definitely a goal for 2021. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But- Steve need Steve needed new shoes after that uh, walk, by the way. So Derek <laughs> Derek still owes him a pair. But uh, I, I know we have some Syracuse-themed questions to kind of wrap things up here, but uh, we had one other comment pop in the chat that I wanted to learn a little bit more about. Uh, I believe this is the Tina Williams, uh, oh. just standout bowler, uh, now on the USBC Board board of Directors, and she had a question, or, or more of a statement, actually. So she asked, it's been 15 years, <laughs> you can certainly afford a new sweatshirt. So what's the story with the sweatshirt? <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's just her giving me a couple jabs. Uh, she went to West Texas. I went to Wichita. She was actually the uh, uh, female um, uh, rookie of the year the same year I was. So uh, I haven't seen, uh, unfortunately, haven't seen Tina in a long time. So uh, I'll make sure, hopefully I see her soon. And this is a sweatshirt that I have on. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good stuff. Bowling brings us all together lifetime friendships uh college bowling especially uh so it's uh it's all good stuff uh and we mentioned earlier how much fun we had in syracuse so we've got a couple of syracuse questions for you uh sure not sure if you saw it along our way but uh, in part of trying to uh tell the folks what to expect in the syracuse area we did a little bit of a pizza tour uh, as well kind of ranked the pizza in the area uh so from the local uh, I miss my guy Vinny over at uh, at Pavone's downtown. But uh, as a local, well, what is your number one spot for pizza in Syracuse? Well, you said it, Pavone's. That's it. Uh, um, they, uh, I think they only have one. I think they uh, maybe two locations left. But uh, uh, if if I'm in the area, that's the absolute place I'm going to. Well, if I see an airline special at any point, I'm flying in for lunch. Uh, absolutely <laughs> miss it there. Uh, miss those guys and, and many other things. Uh, my other question was about Dinosaur Barbecue, of course. Uh, that was a big one. Uh, it's been on TV. Everybody talked about it. Uh, hmm. Is that one of the places? Do the locals steer clear because it's filled with visitors and tourists, or, or is that something that you guys enjoy as well when you can? Uh, no, I think the locals still uh, hit it up pretty good. Uh, it's not um... – I mean, I love, I like barbecue, but it's not a place that I frequent. I will tell you, they have the best mac and cheese that I've ever had. So, if you didn't try that the first time, hopefully, we got uh, uh, another tournament here sometime in the near future. You definitely got to try that. 
Well, definitely talk to your folks. Uh, get back in the bid process. Uh, I'd be happy to to hang on a few more years till retirement if uh, if it means we get to go back to Syracuse. Uh, Aaron, any uh, any thoughts uh, on the Salt City for you before we wrap things up? Uh, you know, we were talking about it prior to the show. Just uh, it, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time, my my couple of months there in the area. Re- reminded me a lot of home. Uh, I, I I just dug so much of the city. The, the downtown was cool. Uh, you, you know, I, I thought one of the interesting things was, uh, not, not going to lie, I've ventured to a bar or two while I was there. And uh, the, the thing that really caught me off guard was there there was a few that were just like in the middle of a neighborhood. And like all of a sudden, you're, you know, <laughs> you hear about checking out this place like, oh, OK, I'll check it out, go grab a meal or something like that. And all of a sudden it's like on the corner and like it's surrounded by houses and and like it's the middle of suburbia. And all of a sudden there's there's a restaurant bar right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, you know, so much of the city. Uh, so, so I have to ask now that now that I'm talking about, it, if you, if you got a bar back home there in Syracuse, what uh, what what's your favorite stomping ground? Uh, I wouldn't say that I frequent. I don't go out too much. This might be another Magno question, but uh, uh, <laughs> those places that you're you're speaking of, the ones that are just kind of uh, out in the middle of nowhere, you make a left out of a development, and there's that little place. Uh, he's taken me to a few of them. Um, I think, uh, one of them was called, um, uh, maybe mug shots at the time or something. I, if he's still there, I'm sure he'll chime in, but, uh, uh, he'd take me to a few here and there. Um, he'd be the one to nail down. Uh, next time you're there, I'll, you let, you get hooked up with him. He'll show you around. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> uh, well, bowlers. I, I think the moral of the story here really is the fact that, um, you know, with three divisions now, we only give out about 30 Eagles each year. Uh, that means there's 50,000 bowlers uh, who aren't taking home the top prize, uh, but the host city and the experience and the camaraderie, uh, that's really a prize that everybody can get a piece of, uh, and hopefully everybody makes it back to the lanes the next day as well. Uh, but uh, really take advantage of the opportunity to see all these places, even if it's a Las Vegas or Arena where we've been a few times. There's always new things. There's always new ideas. Check it out. Talk to the folks. Talk to us. Aaron Smith uh, and I, we, we have – Different ideas have a good time out uh, in a host city, so uh, it certainly can get a, a pretty good balance there. Uh, but, TJ, we appreciate uh, the insight there and, and hoping to get back to Syracuse sometime. And uh, we'll have definitely help uh, keep an eye on, uh, on Derek when you guys are back in town for the, the title defense as well. Um, what's next for you? What's coming up? Bowling Center's just reopened, as you said. Uh, rather than going to Lakeview Lanes just to have a, a great dinner, uh, now you can get some bowling in as well. Uh, but what's coming up for you? as we get rolling here and get ready for 2021. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of up in the air. I mean, bowling is open. Um, so, uh, we, uh, we had a league, you know, league meeting. We have a sport league that, uh, most of us around town will, will, uh, jump into, but, uh, I don't know what that means, uh, tournament wise yet. Um, there's some discrepancies on whether they can build, uh, partitions, uh, from the ball, from the ball returns, uh, to the set T areas. If they do that, that'll allow them to use every lane. If the center chooses not to, I believe they have to use, uh, every other. Um, so I don't know how that's going to work tournament wise with moving pairs and this and that. Um, so really, unfortunately, the only thing to really look forward to right now is just, uh, the local league bowling. Um, you know, hopefully as time passes, you know, uh, I use golf and as, as an example, I like to play a little bit in the summer, you know, when, it, when golf opened back up here, it was one person in a cart. Yeah. You, you had to follow up, you know, six feet, this and that, and that's kind of eased off a little bit. Now you can, you know, ride together in pairs and, um, 
So hopefully the same thing happens with bowling. I mean, maybe uh, it's a different story in October. I'm not sure. But uh, for now, just looking forward to getting back to league and getting up to Mike's place there and hitting up the ice cream shop before it closes and uh, getting some games in. All right. Well, uh, great insight there and, and looking forward to seeing what you guys have in store for us down the road. Aaron Smith, any final thoughts or questions uh, before we say goodbye to Mr. Mento? Uh, just a uh, big thanks, TJ, for uh, spending some time with us today. Definitely enjoyed, uh, you know, hearing some stories, hearing, learning a little bit more about yourself. And uh, I have to agree with Matt, the uh, the Blake Higgy story is uh, <laughs> one of the best ones I've heard since we've, uh, since we've started this thing. So, uh what a moment. Uh, so cool. Uh, congratulations to you and your family. And uh, congratulations again on uh, capturing that first eagle. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys uh, letting me come on here. Uh, appreciate all you guys do for the sport and uh, can't wait to see you guys in April. Well, thank you for the kind words and for being a great representative for mental produce, uh, both the team and the business uh, today on the inside the OC podcast. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, more of these great conversations down the road. Next week, we have Mitch Beasley, our defending regular singles champ. He'll join us on the show. And Aaron Smith, what else do we have coming up on Bull TV for all the fine folks out there? Well, next week, uh, we have uh, what do we have? We have Robin Romeo, the Hall of Famer, uh, joining us on the PWBA podcast. Uh, that'll be on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, uh, Bowling Explained, uh, episode three will be up. Jason Thomas is going to have on Lou Marquez, uh, so our friend here at the ITRC, pro shop extraordinaire and gold coach. So that's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. Uh, so definitely look ahead to those uh, coming up next week. All right. Well, thanks for that recap. And for everybody who joined us today, a lot of familiar faces. Of course, the members of Mental Produce, Steve Meyer, Derek Magno. Uh, we didn't see Joe Conti drop in today. I talked to Anthony this week. Uh, looking forward to seeing all you guys uh, on the lanes in 2021. Fran, thank you for joining us as always and for all your great coverage in the Syracuse area. Uh, Tina Williams as well. Uh, Jeffrey Crycombe, another champion from the Buffalo area. Uh, so looking forward to seeing everybody back at it in Las Vegas in 2021. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Inside the OC uh, for TJ Mento, Aaron Smith. My name is Matt Canizaro, folks. That's the news for now. We'll see you on the lanes. Oh, 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 oh,